0: And uh, and immediately, uh will be open for a position here at our church, and the finances available. And uh, it was immediate for me. I said, "I'm I'm going to go after Anson." He was still working at a church. We had lunch one day, and I just said, "Hey, how about you know resigning and coming here?" Um, I, I, basically, that was the, the tr- gist <laughs> of the conversation. I don't know. maybe it was more graceful than that, but uh, and. Um, and Anson's come. It's been a huge blessing uh, to us. If you haven't got to know him well, you, you need to get to know him uh, and, and his family as well. And so I thought what, it's a perfect morning to invite him if he would come and, and to preach and to share with you this morning. So I asked him to put together, you know, a couple hours of a sermon uh, for you today. And, uh, and he said he could do it. He, he actually said he could do it all in 30 minutes, though. So that's, that's how amazing he is so. Would you welcome Anson as he comes and to share the word of God with us this morning? Thank you. Um, I don't ever get applause like that when I come <laughs> preach. Sometimes I even get groans. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, special. I'll take it. You All are special.
1: <laughs> All right. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for coming out today. Um, this is a, a special day for me. I, I haven't had a chance to do a message with this, this church. I've got a little bit of a youth background similar to Tom, so I, I've done a lot of little short snippets, um, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Uh, but that's about all you get with teens, and then you've got to bring out the messy games. But. So, so this is my first chance. We'll go to about three, and I think that's, that's all I've got. I'm kidding. 230 tops. Um, so, so my name is Anson Escovo in case you don't know um, I've been married for 20 years. We just celebrated our 20-year anniversary last week. So, so I bring that up because um, I sit back and, and contemplate and sort of think back over the years, and I, and I look at my wife and I look at my family and how, how much support they've given me, and, 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 and my wife <laughs> knows everything about me. We've been through some tough times. We've been through some great times. But she's the one that knows me. She knows me at my darkest times. She's probably seen some of my secrets in that that I don't share that often. She's seen me struggle through some things, but she's also seen me come out of the other end, and and we celebrated, and it was a joyous thing. So, so looking back on that, that's a very pivotal relationship in my life. Um, and then when i think back more there's been other awesome relationships that looking back from this point i can say they've helped me on my path on my walk with christ um one was a good friend a good um high school friend named brian (laughs) and um he got me to go to a uh, like a like a teen concert one time and they had they had music and a speaker and he asked me or he helped me get saved that night i was probably 15 years old. Um, I knew I felt something, but I didn't know what it was. And, and he asked me afterwards, he said, he said, uh, he said yeah, so do you want to go to church or something like that afterwards? And I said, heck yeah. But I didn't say the heck word, I said the other word. So I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know how all that worked. Um, so some years later, um, the Christian thing sort of went to the side, so I, did, I didn't, didn't know how to pursue that. Um, so some years later, I actually got a job uh, with Lowe's in Lexington. I met a, a gentleman there. His name was Bobby. Um, and uh, we became good friends. We had a musical interest that we shared, and we played a little bit. And I knew that he was a little bit different. He, he had a little bit different respect for people. He, he treated people fairly. And I thought, well, he's a little bit different. Come to find out, he was a Christian. So we would talk from time to time about uh, things of the faith and and um, Christian attitudes and things like that. And I don't remember all the details now. But I remember that he would talk to me in a way that was not judgmental. He didn't ask me where I was specifically, where everything. He answered my questions. It was very important that he answered my questions. He didn't pressure anything. Um, he, he would talk about his church a little bit. But it wasn't a pressure. You need to come to this church and, you know, and, and repent and you know, do all this stuff. He, it was just a relationship that we built. So, after that happened, uh, the same uh, uh, teenage friend, Brian, started a church. The one that helped me get saved, he actually started a church some years later. And so, um, he he kept telling me, you need to come, you need to come, come. And finally, yes, okay, we'll come, we'll come see your church. You know, we weren't in church at that time. We had visited a few things. What I knew about church is that it was ceremonial. What I saw when I went to some churches as, as a youth or just as a visitor All I saw was ceremony. You sat this way. You did this. You know what I'm saying? It was all, you know, set in stone. I didn't know anything about relationships. I didn't know anything about Christ being the center of mind. None of that. So, Brian helps me get plugged into this church. And then um, in uh, October, I think, of 2002, we think, um, I rededicated my life to Christ. So, from there... From there, it just kept moving forward, and, and God would place people in my lives. Um, the, the next pastor after that uh, helped me get a position, an actually staff position as a youth pastor with that same church. So the, the steps were being made. And so that's about, I don't know, 14 years worth of um, ministry experience or ministry there that, that God was pushing me. He was putting people in my life to speak into me, to build into me. First we made connections, then we build, and then he impacted my life. And so we got involved, my wife got involved, my daughter got involved, we were doing music together, my daughter was speaking, my son was going to classes. (laughs) Um, But we were all in there doing it together as a a family. And so... um, when I look back, I, um, of course, realize that those relationships are vital. So one, one thing I wanted to talk about today, too, is, is a little bit of my role here at Wendover Hills. And so um, so what I'm speaking about today and, and my past experiences ties heavily into what I'm trying to work or trying to help Wendover Hills to work through. So me and Tom and the leadership team, we're trying to process things um, about how to engage our visitors and how to engage our congregation. So we're constantly trying to uh, strategize and think of ways that we can connect with you, uh, ways we can build with you. Um, we have the summer events coming up so that we can make connections, we can build relationships. We have starting point and, and small group, well, neighborhood groups, sorry, neighborhood groups that we do because we want to build into those connections and we want to further those along. And so that's kind of what um, I'm working with Tom and we're, we're just – Putting that stuff together. So our society has put a, a customer service um, spin on everything that we do. So all the businesses that you that you go to, they have to be customer service focused because it's almost what we've expected now. They have to be on their game. Well, visitors, I feel like, think that about churches too. That we they expect us to be on with the donuts and the coffee and the and the programs that we offer. Um, as, as a customer service friendly way. And yes, from an outsider point of view, that's okay. But once you get in here and you start building those relationships and you start building a life with Christ, it's not that you're providing a service for somebody else. It's that you want to serve somebody else. And that's what we're about here, and that's that's why we go through. So on the front end, it may look like they love their people; they they, they give them coffee. We want to serve them coffee. See what I'm saying? We we have a music team here that does music every every Sunday because 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 that's the society way. You got to have music at church. You no, know? this team wants to serve this body with worship, and that's what we've um we've we've tried to uh, find ways to connect. Um, and then after you're here for a little while, and you start engaging in, in uh, service activities, and um, start working in the church and stuff like that. Well, well, then we want to find where you're gifted at, and we want to use those gifts um, to develop your ministry involvement here. So we're gonna we're gonna follow with you. We're gonna help you get plugged in, serve on the greeting team, worship team, things like that. And we want to see where you're, you're spiritually gifted, and we want to encourage that. We want to celebrate it here because God's given you this purpose here. So, um, so maybe, maybe you, I don't know, you have past experiences in something like, I don't know, baseball or, or CrossFit or something like that, and, and you use those illustrations in your, in your, in your messages. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe that's reaching a little bit. I don't know. That may be, that may be too much. But, but that's, that's the sort of thing that, that God puts in your life to be able to relate to people moving forward. So, Relationships, Back to relationships. Um, sorry about the screen. I, we had a, an issue with the media, so I don't have my, my notes and stuff in there. So I'm going to sort of wing off my sheet here. So everybody's looking for something that's missing in their lives. Um, and you, you hear this all the time. You know, psychologists talk about it. Different people talk about it. That something's missing in our lives, and we're always trying to fill it with something else, with uh, material things, uh, empty love. Because um, we understand that, that relationship is very important as well. Uh, relationship is key. And we see that uh, in, a, in a parent-child relationship. We know for a fact that if the, if the parent is heavily involved in the, in the child's life, that, that things could be a little better. Um, we see that in marriages. If the relationship is stronger and the husband or the, or the, or the wife is engaged in the other, the other spouse, then that relationship is gonna be stronger. We know this, this is, this is not something I'm making up, this is fact. It, it happens at work. If you, you have a working relationship with somebody and you guys don't get along, you're not communicating, things like that, well, work gets to be tough, because you don't wanna go, because maybe don't like, you think you don't like that person or you feel like they get on your nerves, but if, but if you opened up a relationship with that person, the work gets done, it's a lot easier. So we want to encourage relationships here in the church. Because how would you know that I care for you if I never interacted with you? How would you know that I care for you if not if I ever never asked you about your day or asked you about your relationships or your marriages? How would you know this? You wouldn't. So there's a couple of verses that that I want to talk about that that Jesus makes a point that relationship is important you're not going to do this by yourself I don't think Christian growth will exactly happen in isolation I think you need relationships you need community you need, you need people around you to encourage you um, and so in Matthew he talks about this um, chapter 18 verse 20 he says for where two or three have gathered together in my name I am there when I first heard that verse I used to think they meant church When two or more gathered And then they're church He would be there But that's not how, how God works he's, he's not waiting in this building He's not in the back Just waiting for us to show up here Wherever you're at together He's going to be with you Because when you're in a loving Giving relationship with somebody A friend, a family member That love Is how they see God So, God's love is made real in our love with each other. So, that's why he's there. And that's why he's not waiting here for us to get here. Um, Another verse where he's he's pretty specific about how we treat each other. And this is very popular, of course. Matthew 22, um, verse 36 through 40. And so, they're they're talking and they're trying to trip him up a little bit. And they, they say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he says to them, you shall love the, God, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Healthy relationships are so important to God. He, he tells us how to treat each other. And there are there's several more verses that talk about that. Let your love be genuine. Let it not um, be hypocritical. There's just, he tells us this. Um, And then in another verse, um, John chapter 15, verse 12 through 15, Jesus wants to be a role model for us. And so he did everything he he could to to help his friends and followers. And so we're to do whatever it takes. And so in, in this, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. You do, not, you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. So he demonstrated this kind of relationship with, with people, his with disciples. Um, but one, one part in that, in that verse that really gets me is he says to lay down one's life for one's friends. Again, the first thing I think about is, is you're going to try to protect them. You're going to jump in front of the car, the speeding bullet, whatever, and you're going to save your friend. Yes, that's, that's ex- perfectly great. That's very noble. It's, it's pretty awesome if you could do that. But what I feel like he's telling me in this case, he's telling me to lay down my pride, lay down my life, and give it up. Because a lot of times we're afraid to speak into somebody else's life. We're afraid to get involved because it gets messy, doesn't it? You ask somebody about their life and their struggles, well, they just might tell you. So what I think he's, he's, he's telling me in this particular verse is, I need to give up my fear. I need to give up my life for the sake of my friends. I don't want my friends walking near the street and there's all this traffic, or even, say it was Braden if he was walking near the road and I go, well, I, I hope that works out. You know, that's not going to happen. I'm going to run over there and I'm going to stop him. I'm going to speak into his life and explain to him why this road is so dangerous. Why don't we do that with with our relationships? We need to speak into their lives and tell them why this this road is so dangerous. And I think that's what Jesus is telling me here. Um, And then there's plenty more. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. 1 and 2. And it says, After this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them two by two ahead of them, to every town and place where He was about to go. He told them, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field." He sent them two by two ahead of Him. He had seventy-two guys. He could have he could have sent them to seventy-two different cities. Um, I'm sure they were capable of speaking the gospel. I'm sure they were, but he didn't want that. He wanted the two to go together. They could lift each other up. If one got, you know, maybe had a, maybe had a, get a bad message like, like today, <laughs> they, the other could lift him up and say, no, that was, that was good. We'll, we'll work on it, and we'll, we'll get something better. The, the relationship is what I thought was key in that. And that's why when, when we're in ministry together, um, we don't have to do it all, all on our own. Um, I get so bogged down in that, my wife will tell you, it, it gets real easy for me, to, to do it all myself. I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just get in here and, and get work done. But it it never works out good for me. I, I it didn't like Saturday night. <laughs> Last night I was working on this message. I shouldn't have been. I, I should have had this knocked out. I knew I knew months ago. But with all the other stuff I had going on, I thought I could do all that by myself. So finally me and my wife and we chatted and she helped me to to try to wrap it up. So that's the where the, the two by two go together. Um, and this is a good one too. So Mark chapter 3, verse 31 through 35. He says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. And he says, Who are my, brothers, my mothers and brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So I think this is an easy one for us to relate to a little bit because we know how we treat our, our, our family. Okay? They're special, and, and we, we often try to do as much as we can for them. But then it gets a little sidetracked when we're talking about friends. You know, Sometimes we don't, you know, we won't answer the phone. I don't know if any of you guys just, you know, oh, I don't want to talk to him right now. Or maybe they, they have some personality attribute that just doesn't mesh with yours. So you, 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 don't, you don't hang around them. You don't ask them out for lunch. If it's something that, that you guys are interested in together, you don't call them because for whatever reason you don't get along. What, he, what he's telling me here is uh, you can't use that. You can't do that. That's, that's not what he's asking you to do. He's asking for your relationships to be as strong as it is with your family, with your mother, with your brother, with your sister. You should treat your friends the same way. All of you are my friends, so I want to treat you the same way. I've tried to be real, real, real um, uh, sensitive to the way that I treat people. Um, Ever since uh, before, when when Christ started speaking to my life, and especially now that that this is sort of what we focus on um, at the church and my relationship with my wife, I want to be so sensitive that I'm treating them right, and that's what this is telling me, in this verse. Um, and then he goes on to uh, have meals with people too. So if anybody wants to buy me lunch after this, you know it's in the Bible. I, I can I can show it to you. <laughs> but 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 he he liked to have meals, and he, and he would have a meal with the tax collectors and sinners, and people didn't understand that. And um, there's a one verse that he says in mark it says it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick i've not come to call the righteous but sinners so i believe god has chosen to display his glory in covenant community Um, it started with the people of israel and it's moved on to the to the church now And so when people are saved through the Holy Spirit, they allow their hearts and minds to be transformed. And so I I believe the power of God becomes so real in their lives that others see this and it spreads. And it wants to become real. They want it to become real in their lives. So I want to share another story because I want to be a, a better friend. I want to be better um, husband. I want to build these relationships better. So now that these other relationships that were in my life has impacted me, Brian and uh, Bobby and um, all these pastors, Pastor Tom, um, and and I want to tell you a little bit about uh, going back to my friend Bobby. My friend Bobby is actually in church with with us today. and So this is a 14-year relationship. We've talked about things of the faith, and this is the first time that we've been in the same church together. So we've never been to church together. So we don't, we didn't have to have necessarily church for us to know we were Christians and, and have that relationship with each other. So um, I thank him for coming today, because it's the example of, of the impact that's been in my life. But now I need to flip that around. I want to be the one that impacts other people. We need to be the ones that are looking for opportunities to build relationships, to, um, to build into people, to speak truth gently into people's lives and watch their lives be impacted, be transformed. So I wanted to share another story. This is a friend of mine. Um, this happened pre- pretty recently. Well, uh, he flies a little bit from here and there. So he was on a, on a plane, a uh, short trip, a couple hours, and he's sitting next to a guy. Um, he's by himself on this particular trip. I think his wife had to get another seat, but... Um, so he's sitting next to a guy, and he's got a book in his hand um, about Buddhism, um, something about principles of Buddhism or something like that. And so my friend, the, just about the whole plane ride, he, he feels God's tugging at him. He's like, ask him about the book. Ask him about the book. You know, you know what, ask him about the book. And Tom's like, no, 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 I can't. So finally, toward the end of the plane ride, he, he, he says, well, I, I have to do what, what God is telling me to do. So he, so he asks him about the book. Why, why are you reading this book? Um, so they get into a to a conversation. First it's light, but then they get into a deep conversation about loss. So this young man that was reading this book about Buddhism had, had not that long ago lost his father. And so he was having some issues. He was maybe blaming God and, and he had the, this resentment and, and he just had a lot of things he wasn't dealing with. And one of the things he was looking into was different aspects of different religions. So that's why he had the the Buddhism book because they, they have some teachings he wanted to look at. So my friend who was on the plane with them also has experienced a loss. I think mean his brother had passed away, and so they started sharing that story, and so they they shared that commonality with each other and they 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 built a relationship right there. So at the end of the plane ride, um, they they're done talking. They've talked for for a good little bit and they've shared, and so I wanted to to read. They're they're about to part. And I wanted to read, um, the young man actually kind of blogged about this, this uh, situation. So part of what, what he wrote was, and what he did next, I did not expect. He's talking about uh, my friend. He said, he handed me his card, and he asked that I call him. As I looked down, I realized I had been talking to a pastor this entire time. I started to recollect all the things I had said and wondered how he was able not to place judgment, not to get defensive. And most of all, still want to call. I shook his hand, and we walked off the plane. See, for this, for this young man, he thought that was it. The relationship was over. He didn't expect that, that this guy, he didn't even know he was a pastor. So that, I mean, And that actually shouldn't, it shouldn't even matter. But that he wanted to follow up on this relationship. He'd actually, he'd actually offered him a, another book to read called The Shack. And so he wanted to know, after you read the book, give me a call, and we can talk about it. And so... Um, he actually wrote all this on his Facebook page and did a little blog, and he was he was um, pretty surprised about this kind of relationship. Um, and so through this experience, he did read the book, and he did um, have some better closure with the situation with his father passing and things in his life that he wanted to deal with. And so he actually called my friend Tommy back, and they had another long conversation. And so now, They have this relationship where they can speak into each other's lives. Um, He's not going to come to his church. Um, He he lives far away, so it's just a relationship. And um, This is something else that the young man wrote in his blog, and I wanted to share this. This is kind of at the end. He says, "I I share this with you today so that you will understand one thing. People are brought into your life for a reason. Do not miss the chance to learn and grow from them. It may not always be the best in the end, but if you do not allow yourself to be open to those around you, you may indeed miss a great opportunity. So statistics tell us that, and I've mentioned this probably in the email, statistics tell us that all of us have about 125 friends, okay, uh, people that we know, and yeah, it sounds like a lot, but, but then there's, there's just a smaller group that we probably deal with more on a regular basis, people we work with, stuff like that, it's, it's probably a lot smaller. Well, I did some reading about Jesus and, and his followers, and, and, and what, I'm, what I'm seeing there is they're saying Jesus had about 125 followers. Now, he had thousands of people that would come to hear him um, all the time, but he had about 125 followers, uh, and he probably had about 30 or so that probably did a little more within the ministry, but then he had his disciples that were super close, and then he had about three that were extremely close. And so... I think that Jesus knew that those relationships were going to be important and so he built in to those people every chance he got he explained to them parables that he would tell and they, they wouldn't understand so he say, okay well let me, let me stop and tell you about it and he gave them he gave them everything that he had he gave them love and of course the ultimate sacrifice at the end um Growing in Christ does not happen in isolation. I told you this before. So gospel-centered community has to be a safe place. People aren't going to share with you if they don't feel safe in this environment. That's that's our responsibility now. You guys that are, that are here, you were born-again Christians. You're not just visitors anymore. You're on the other side. So we're all part of the same mission. And the mission here at Wendover Hills is to help one more person find their way back to God. So we're all in this together. So this community that we create together is all for that same mission. We have these events for to help you bring your friends to come make connections. We have neighborhood groups that we could build up and we could talk a little more deeply about the things of God the things He wants to tell us, things He wants to build into us those same neighborhood groups we can share our struggles with each other because I may be in a struggle that you can help me with but I didn't know that if we never talked so if we believe that the basis of our relationship well the base of our relationship is based off one thing and it's that we all need Jesus it's not we, we, we might think it's the, the, the baseball team that, that's winning. I don't even know what soccer's happening right now, or is it already over? But we rally around soccer or things like that, and, and that, we think that's a community, and, and, that, and that is, and that's great. Or we rally around a reality TV show, or, and we call each other, you know, and Pretty Little Liars and Once Upon a Time and all that, all that stuff, and we, and we talk about that stuff. And we engage each other that way. And that's great. But that's, that's a separate commonality. Regardless of all that, we're, we're connected one way. That we need Jesus. And that in one way or another, we've all rebelled against God. We, we all have masks that we try to put on. We have, we have um, things. We, we come here and we, we think we need to look pretty. But we don't. So I want to read... Um, one more verse here. It's 2 Corinthians, it's Corinthians chapter 5, uh, 14 through 15. So and it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them was raised again. So When it says all, I looked it up. It means all. Everybody. He died for everybody. So, if we are convinced that he died for all of us, and we all need Jesus, then it shouldn't surprise you that I struggle with sin. I should be able to come in here and share that with you and it not be a surprise. You, you know, it, it may not be a surprise, and hopefully it's not a surprise that. Now, let me back up. It shouldn't be a surprise to us if someone in here comes in and tells us they're struggling with their marriage. It shouldn't be a surprise to us that someone has, has not been able to give up something in their life that is holding them back from, from reaching God or being with God. God draws us every day of our lives. He's been drawing me for for 14 years, sooner than that. I think some people call that provenient grace. It's where where God was here before you, and he's drawing you to him. And so I see that in the relationships. In the relationships that that we have together, it's, it's not that we should point to where the cross is and say, this is where you need to go we should all be down at the cross come on this is where we're at this is the the community and relationship that that we want to pursue to have in this group it's a loving accepting community and i believe we have it what i see through wendover hills and through the connections that i've made is just an awesome place to experience this. You guys have built into me. You've loved on my family. I mean, what else, what else can I ask for? Um, we've learned together. We've, we've, the, the sermon series that Tom's put out are, are just awesome. And so, and so we, we, le- we learn a lot because we want to share in this, in this Christ-centered community together. We want to do life together. We won't, don't want to do it alone because it's very difficult to be on your own. And so that's all I have to share. Sorry I was a little jumpy. But um, I'm going to pray for you on this if you don't mind. Um, So let's bow with me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity, this opportunity to to be in community, to be in relationships, to to be in, in family with this group. And I thank you that you've shown us a lot through our relationships, That we can take the struggles that we've been through and you're going to turn it into joy and your glory as we help others. And that the struggles that we have, they're not just struggles. You're you're not punishing us for anything. They're, They're things that we have to go through so that we can help others in their journey with life. And I ask a special blessing over everybody here that they would... Examine those relationships in their lives and and they would look for those ways to connect and, they, and they would they would be about the business of Jesus and the, and the mission of Wendover Hills. Building or no building, coffee or no coffee. We just need to strive to build those relationships in you that you've asked us to do. and then our in our own walk with you, we can see spiritual growth, spiritual fruit. We can see those things and honor you in them. And Lord, I just ask that we take this through the week, through our, we're out of school now, but back to, back to work or places that we um, deal with other people and, and have those relationships. And we try to find those ways. We try to find ways to bring them to our summer events. We try to find ways to bring them to neighborhood groups. Try to find ways to ask them to come to church where they can experience that community as well. We ask that you be with us. And all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.